0: family welcome to star wars in 10 so how's everybody doing on this wonderful friday yep we made it to another friday and it came just in time because i don't think i had another day in me a lot of things have happened this week i became a grandfather again thank you thank you but the whole kenobi series delay just irks the crap out of me i know i'm supposed to be happy we're getting two episodes on the 27th but what bothers me is how a multi-billion dollar company like disney would change the date so close to the original release date uh, it just makes my skin crawl. How could they get our hopes up like that and then say, nope, we're pushing it back? I know I'm probably overreacting. It's just two days, but a lot can happen in two days. Anyway, we got a story to get to. It. And how do we do that? By dropping the intro. <laughs> You,
1: have. you are now tuned in to a Star Wars show, so just sit back and be ready to flow. Save your mind of what you know, and we'll let the fourth be the course of where we go. As we take this journey far, far away, now let's hear what John Vader has to say. We would be honored if you would join us. An instant later, he felt the sole of the Itochi's boots strike him hard in the chest, sending him tumbling backward over the banister to the marble floor four meters below. He hit the ground hard enough to knock the breath from his body, leaving him gasping for air. The impact jarred his lightsaber from his grip, sending it skittering across the floor. An instant later, his prone form was enveloped by the webbing from the tangle guns, pinning him to the ground. Blind and immobilized, Darth Bane's fury saved him. Years of training allowed him to focus all his pain and rage in one single instant, drawing on it so he could unleash the full power of the Dark Side. Once again, he felt the Itochi’s barrier opposing his efforts, but this time he tore through it like it wasn't even there. For a moment, it was as if the world around him was frozen in place. Though his eyes were still suffering the effects of the Flash Grenade, the force rushing through his body gave him an otherworldly awareness of his surroundings. The scene was burned into his brain in exquisite detail. The soldiers were scattered about the foyer, scrambling to take up new positions in preparation for the next stage of the battle. They were well-trained, but he could still sense their fear. They knew the fight was far from over. The iktochi had leapt over the railing in pursuit of him. She hung poised in the air above him, Her twin blades held out to either side as she braced for landing. Bane could even see himself lying on the floor, buried beneath a thick wet blanket of rapidly drying chemical adhesive. The frozen tableau lasted only a fraction of an instant, but it told the Dark Lord everything he needed to know. And then the instant was gone and everything became a blur of motion again. The Iktocchi landed just as Bane unleashed a wave of crackling electricity that burned away the webbing of the Tangle Guns. She dropped to one knee and tried to stab her knives into him as he lay on the floor, but through the force, Bane saw her coming. He managed to roll aside, escaping with only a long, deep cut along one of his forearms as he scrambled back to his feet. In response to his call, his lightsaber flew up from the floor and into his waiting hand. But the was already retreating. Now that he was no longer helpless, she was eager to fall back and let others step in. Several more flash grenades exploded around him, but Bane was unaffected. He was no longer relying on his physical sight to guide him. Fresh streams of webbing arced across the room toward him, but this time he incinerated them while they were still in the air. Half a dozen concussion grenades tossed in from every side, clattered on the floor at his feet. As they exploded, Bane simply enveloped himself in the Force, creating a protective cocoon that absorbed the impact and left him standing completely unharmed. Two men popped up from behind a nearby couch and fired at him from point-blank range with their stun guns. Bane slapped the incoming bolts away with his lightsaber, then thrust out a hand to send the couch slamming straight back into the wall, crushing the men who'd been using it for cover. Then he was on the move bearing down on two of the soldiers carrying tangle guns. He sliced them both in half horizontally with a single blow from his lightsaber, carving a perfect line just above their belts. Another volley of stun bolts came too late to save them. Bane was already gone. A single flip and he was back on the balcony again, face to face with the Iktochi.
0: We love bringing you more Star Wars. And it is because of our partners that we can do this week after week. So we invite you to be one of those partners. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help us keep this going. Your support will give us the ability to create future episodes, as well as provide you with the best sounding show on your playlist. All you have to do is go to the show notes and click that listener support link. Now let's get back to the show.
1: You can't escape, he told her. I wasn't trying to. She hissed back at him, launching forward with her knives. She was quicker than Ben expected, coming in low and fast. He didn't have time to simply chop her down. Instead, he had to spin out of the way. He tried to take one of her arms with his lightsaber on a counter-thrust as she slipped fast. But the Iktochi anticipated his move and managed to contort her body so that his blade caught nothing but air. They'd switched positions from their first engagement. She was now the one standing with her back to the balcony railing. Bane thrust out with the force, the impact sending her hurtling backward over the railing as her kick had done to him less than a minute earlier. Somehow the Iktochi managed to turn in the air so that she landed on her feet. Because of this, she was able to spring to safety when Bane sent a blast of lightning hurtling down toward her. Instead of her charred corpse, it left only a smoking circle on the floor. Soldiers were firing their stun guns at him again from the stairwell. Bane didn't even bother to strike back at them. He simply dodged their attack by vaulting over the railing and dropping back down to the floor below. The soldiers were nothing to him. It was the Iktochi he was interested in now. She was the only opponent who posed any real threat. Eliminate her, and he could deal with the soldiers at his leisure. He landed on the floor in a crouch, absorbing the impact, and then... everything went black. The Huntress couldn't say how long it had been since she'd carved her senflax flax coated blade through the flesh of the Sith Lord's forearm. But the neurotoxin had to take effect soon. Jedder was dead, crushed against the wall by a piece of flying furniture. At least five other soldiers were already down, too. The Sith Lord was focusing his efforts on her. The Iktochi knew she couldn't beat him. He was too strong. The tricks she had used against the Jedi had slowed him down at first but now they had no effect at all. The Senflax was her only hope of surviving. She saw the Sith leaping down from the balcony, coming after her. He hit the floor, turned toward her, and collapsed. The big man lay in his side, eyes open and seeming to stare right at her. The pupils were bloodshot from the chemicals in the flash grenades. The Huntress waited until he blinked. Then, seeing no other signs of movement, She held up her hand and shouted, Cease fire! Cease fire! She thought briefly that his paralysis might be a trick, then discarded the notion. The Sith didn't need subterfuge to win the battle. It was obvious he had them overmatched. The only explanation was that Sarah's drug had finally worked its magic. According to the instructions she had been given, they had four hours before they needed to administer the next dose. With Jedder dead, the hired soldiers were staring at her, waiting for their next orders. The huntress closed her eyes and reached out with her mind, seeking guidance. Someone else was coming. The blonde woman from the camp on Ambria. You three, go bring the airspeeders around to the front of the house, the huntress barked. The rest of you gather up the bodies. Don't leave anything behind that could link this to the princess. The survivors hustled to follow her commands. She didn't bother to tell them to hurry. They were already moving as fast as they could, eager to get away from this place where so many of their comrades in arms had fallen.
0: Okay, this part starts right where we left off yesterday. Action, 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 What you know I love. Bane and the Huntress is going at it. Bane knows that she is the only real threat. As they battle, the Sinflax kicks in and Bane goes down. Then it jumps to the Itachi's point of view. This is something that I don't like the storytellers do. To me, it just seems like they run out of something to say. So they just reverse it to the other person's point of view. But after it repeats what just happened, it goes to the hunters knowing that animal would be there shortly. So they need to get out of there. And that's where this part comes to an end. Make sure that you join us on Monday to pick up where this part left off. We hope to see you there.